Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, south of Eau Claire today, it looks like there uh, could be some winter precipitation. Yeah, some of that snow. Talk down south in, uh, oh, probably, what, uh, south of La Crosse down that way. But uh, I don't think it's going to be a blizzard by any means, but snow down that way. Further north, up around Eau Claire, this area, it's just going to be uh, kind of cloudy. Mixed precipitation, maybe, and uh, a little breezy. So, again, just be careful. And partly cloudy sun's coming out tomorrow. It'll be 43. So, if you're heading someplace for the uh, New Year's weekend and you're going today and it's south, just be a little prepared. We'll talk more about the weather. Of course, we'll join Mike Dandry over at 13 First Alert Weather here. But we got lots of other things to talk about. One of the uh, stories that got my attention, and if you haven't heard it yet, former... U.S. Senator from Wisconsin, Herb Cole, Milwaukee Bucks owner, the guy that saved the Milwaukee Bucks for Milwaukee, helped build the Pfizer Forum, you know, the Cole Center down at the University in Madison, just a real benefactor to Wisconsin, passed away yesterday at the age of 88. And on a personal note, I can say that uh, I had the pleasure to visit with a senator many times, both uh, here in Wisconsin and in Washington, D.C., Always such a friendly, welcoming person, and uh, he's the kind of guy you want representing Wisconsin because that's what he did. He represented Wisconsin. He represented you and I. He wasn't there for the uh, partisans. He didn't need to. He had more money than those lot of guys trying to buy these politicians have. You know, he uh, donated his salary, never took his salary, donated it back to the U.S. Treasury, and, uh, again, just uh, did so many things for Wisconsin. That's why he wanted to be elected, so he could help Wisconsinites, you and I. And uh, we're going to miss Herb Cole. already miss him in the Senate for his just uh, honest approach to dealing with things. He was there to try and make the world better for you and I, and uh, not for some uh, rich patrons. So uh, it's sad to see Herb Cole passing away at the age of 88, a, a life well-lived. And also, uh, for those of you that are in my era, we also lost an entertainer, a, a good guy, a guy that you just had to laugh looking at him, Tom Smothers of the Smothers Brothers. Tom and Dick Smothers had a TV show way back when, and he was always going, oh, Mom always loved you best. And he was uh, just a deadpan comedian and uh, artist, and it was a, really a fun show to watch. Uh, I don't know if you can, I'm sure you can get everything now on on YouTube or go back and get it someplace, stream it, but the Smothers Brothers. So uh, we also lost Tom Smothers yesterday at the age of 86. But, uh, again, Herb Cole at the age of 88. Uh, Herb Cole was uh, a credit to Wisconsin. He really was. He did uh, good things for Wisconsin and looked out for the voters first. That's why he ran, and (laughs) that's what he said he'd do, and that's what he did. He looked out for his patrons, unlike 
some of the other people we have now in Washington, not just from Wisconsin, but other states as well that are more interested in themselves than uh, than the people that put them there. So other news we've got, exports, imports, uh, the trend line isn't looking good. We'll go into that. AEAs in Wisconsin, agricultural enterprise areas. Now, if you want to get involved in that, you've got until August 2nd, but it takes time to put those programs together because it takes five landowners with contiguous land. Your local county government has to get involved. You have to file a petition with the Department of Agriculture, so you got to have some meetings. you got to get together. But now is the time to start doing that because August 2nd, is the deadline down at the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. And we'll take a look at that because we've got a lot of AEAs in our area. I was looking at the list yesterday after I I saw this announcement that AEAs were coming due, and I took a look at just how many we've got. We've got a lot of them, and I've talked to some of the folks that are involved in some of those. Now, not a lot, but just a few, and the ones I talked to said they are happy with it. It guarantees your land stays in agricultural production. In other words... It's uh, not going to turn into a shopping mall or a housing development or just a lot of concrete and blacktop. It stays in production. So AEAs, we'll take a closer look at that, too. Also, we know who the finalists are going to be for the Outstanding Young Farmers in Wisconsin. That awards weekend will come up in January 26th through the 28th. It'll be over in Wisconsin Rapids at the Hotel Mead and Conference Center in Wisconsin Rapids. And the finalists, uh, well, we got one from our area, one couple. Scott and Katie Cohn, the Cones from up at Medford, been involved in agriculture for so many years in the Medford area. So Scott and Katie Cohn, finalists for Wisconsin's OIF. Other finalists, Abby Driscoll from Newton, Jacob and Jennifer Hoish, Mitch and Mackenzie Kappelman, Matt and Heather Rye from Whitewater, and Ryan and Lacey Went from over in Pound, Wisconsin. They are going to be the six finalists for our Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Awards. And we wish uh, good luck to all those folks, especially Scott and Katie Cohn from the Medford area. And some other things going on. Uh, plenty of eggs available. It's always fun to look at the uh, chicken and egg report, the monthly chicken and egg report, because it's just mind-boggling to think of a billion eggs, but that's just out of one state. So we'll take a look at that, too. Plus, uh, what else have we got? We've got calendar items. The uh, Young People, the Holstein Association, Young People Junior Holstein Convention gets underway today, so uh, they'll be doing some things. The Irish, The Italian government did a, uh, well, they took action, something American uh, farmers would probably like our government to do, but we'll talk about that, too. And uh, the board directors for three farm credit associations, including one in our area, have uh, approved a collaboration agreement this week. So we'll talk who those are. So we got lots to do this morning. It's a Thursday morning, and also Jill is going to be around. Jill is uh, taking some time off for uh, getting ready for a big New Year's Eve party. And I guess it's only right that we hear from a distiller in our area. Yeah, the Perlicks up north in Barron County, they put together, I've been there a few times, it's a beautiful distillery out in the country. And Jill talked to Scott Perlick about uh, what they're doing up there. So if you want some uh, spirits from around our area for New Year's, Perlick Distillery might be your place. So we'll talk about a whole lot of stuff 
as we go forward here and take a look at uh, what's going on, including the weather. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And looking at our weather, not bad around here. 13 first alert weather shows we will have clouds, a little breeze, uh, but mixed precipitation. If you're going farther south, you get down Madison, Janesville, Bloyd, down that way. Maybe a little accumulation today, but uh, it won't hang around long. Just you got to get through it. High today is going to be about 38. Don't expect really uh, anything like that around here. But south of La Crosse. You could see precipitation in the farther south you go. It could uh, could turn a little white, so just be aware of that. 25 overnight tonight. Tomorrow, well, if we get anything, it's going to be gone. 43 tomorrow, partly cloudy, and then we're into the 30s. Maybe on New Year's Eve we might get a little precipitation, snow, with a high about 30, and then 32 with sunshine on New Year's Day. And again, uh, Happy New Year, Faith. Hope you have a good one. Hey, it's about a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's get some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The Colorado Republican Party is asking the Supreme Court to overturn the ruling which disqualifies former President Trump from the 2024 ballot. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled last week that Trump was ineligible because of his involvement in the January the 6th riots. The news came the same day that the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that Trump can remain on that state's ballot. U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert says she'll be changing districts in her bid to continue representing Colorado in Congress. Jim Forbes explains. The Republican announced on Facebook she will be moving to the 4th Congressional District in an attempt to fill the seat vacated by Ken Buck, who will not seek re-election after five terms. It's the right move for me personally. And it's the right decision for those who support our conservative movement. Boebert has represented the 3rd Congressional District since 2020. I'm Jim Forbes. New York City Mayor Adams says the NYPD's settlement over the 2020 Black Lives Matter demonstrations is troubling. Natalie Migliori reports. It comes as the city deals with a surge in pro-Palestinian marches since Hamas's October 7th attack against Israel. The police department is extremely, have to be extremely more hesitant and actions that they would have uh, carried out in the past to, to keep the peace. The NYPD has agreed to stop using a crowd control tactic known as kettling, which consists of herding and confining protesters to one area before making arrests. However, the PBA is challenging the settlement, which means it's currently on hold. I'm Natalie Migliori, New York. And that 70s show actor Danny Masterson has been transferred to state prison. On Wednesday, Masterson was moved from the L.A. County Men's Central Jail to North Kern State Prison in Delano, about 150 miles north of Los Angeles. Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison after being convicted of two counts of forcible rape. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, not a bad morning out there. Upper 20s, lower 30s for uh, most of Wisconsin. We're looking for clouds today around our area. Mixed precipitation to the south. It'll be some snow down the Dells, south of the Dells, Madison, Janesville, Beloit. Uh, have fun down in the Madison area today. I don't know how much snow you're going to get, but <laughs> it might get a little white at least for a while. So be careful if you've uh, got to go to work or if you're heading out early for your New Year's Eve celebration which uh, could be possible, but again, mixed precipitation to the south, south of La Crosse, actually, but the further south you get, the better chance it's going to be that four-letter word. 
38 to high today around here. 25 tonight. Tomorrow, probably won't hang around long. We'll be in the low 40s, partly cloudy skies, so we'll see some sunshine after today. Saturday, 36, partly cloudy. Sunday, New Year's Eve, 30 degrees cloudy. Again, a chance of some light snow around the area. Monday, New Year's Day, mostly sunny. High should be right around 32 and then back up to 36. On Tuesday, it's 30 right now in Rice Lake and La Crosse. 29 in Medford, 32 in Wausau, Madison, Sun Prairie. It's 36 in Green Bay. We've got uh, 38 in Milwaukee this morning. And right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, not a bad morning. It's 29 degrees. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at those markets, how they are developing in a you know holiday shortened week. We didn't have uh, markets on Monday because of Christmas. And it'll be the same story this uh, coming Monday. Markets uh, will be closed around the area. But uh, the sale barns will have people in later in the afternoon and early evening to accept your livestock for Tuesday sales. As we move through this week, choice-fed beef steers trading 164 to 170 with mixed steers 140 to 162. Choice-fed beef heifers trading 160 to 175. Mixed heifers 142 to 162. Finished dairy cross steers in a range from about 134 to 170. Fed Holstein steers choice 145 to 164. Select and silage fed 115 to 144. Cows 70 to 84 with a top of a dollar. Bulls a dollar to a dollar five, butcher hogs thirty five to eighty one, sows thirty two and down, the boards fifteen and down, and the uh, sheep and lamb trade this week. New crop market lambs one seventy four to one ninety three. No quote on the feeder lambs. Use trading eighty five to ninety seven and a half. Small goats twenty five to two sixty. Medium goats one hundred five to three twenty. Large goats two forty to four forty. Nanny goats fifty five to three seventy five. Mercantile exchange yesterday. Live cattle were lower, feeder cattle were higher, and cogs were mixed. February live cattle one sixty nine twenty seven. That was down a dollar twelve. April at one seventy two ninety seven, down forty seven, and June one seventy seventy, down thirty. Feeder cattle for January two twenty four forty seven. That was up ninety two cents. March two twenty five forty, up eighty two. April also up eighty two at two thirty ninety. May at 235.80, that was up 80. And August feeder cattle closed at 249.87, up 37.5. Lean hogs, February, 69.87, up 57. April down 15 at 75.92. May down 20 at 82.60. And June hogs down 42 at 90.95. Board of trade in the day trade, day trade yesterday. Corn was down three cents, beans up a penny in a quiet holiday week trading. Overnight, March corn down a penny at four seventy four. We were at four seventy nine yesterday morning. Oats up two overnight at three seventy five. The wheat up a fraction at six twenty three. The March soybeans down one to two cents overnight at thirteen eighteen. And meal down sixty cents a ton on that March contract, three hundred and ninety three dollars and twenty cents a ton. Dairy markets were higher still. I wouldn't call them very good, but they were higher yesterday. Barrel cheese up four and a half to a dollar forty-seven. The blocks up two and a half, a dollar forty-one and a half. Butter up eight cents a pound at two sixty-two and a quarter. December class three up two at sixteen twelve. January up fifteen cents at fifteen sixty-nine. February up sixteen at fifteen eighty-nine. March up eleven at sixteen forty-seven, and April up three at seventeen twenty-five. As prices were higher all months through oh, about next October. 
So that's the way the markets look on this Thursday morning at Wax. Ten minutes after five, and again, if you're going south, just uh, be ready. You might have some precipitation to deal with, and some of it might be white. That's uh, south of La Crosse, probably going on the interstate, Monroe County South. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, almost 12 minutes after 5 o'clock on a Thursday morning, the 28th of December. We're almost to the new year. And, uh, again, we talked about the sale barns. They'll be closed around the area on New Year's Day. But later in the day, there will be folks around to take your livestock. Uh, I'd wait till after 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, something like that. And uh, we'll find out from Rocky and Jerry just exactly what their barns are going to be doing and uh, remind you about that. But grain and livestock markets will be closed on New Year's Day. They'll open and uh, after the New Year. Trading opens at 8.30 in the morning on January 2nd. So, again, if you follow the markets, don't worry about following them on New Year's Day because they won't open again until 8.30 on Tuesday morning. Well, ag exports and imports. For so many years, it was just a given that we were going to sell a whole lot more than we bought. But that's changing. Our new calendar year, of course, doesn't start for another few days. But the 2024 fiscal year is already almost three months old. That started October 1st. And some of the projections for agriculture aren't as good as we'd like to see. New numbers from the USDA's Economic Research Service show our projected farm exports for this fiscal year will be around $169.5 billion. That's a lot of money. But that's down about $2.5 billion from forecasts just a few months ago back in August. Economists now expect our exports of grain, feed, livestock, poultry, and dairy products will all be down this year. Wheat exports off almost $800 million. Corn about $500 million. Livestock, poultry, dairy sales falling $1.3 billion to $36.3 billion. One bright spot in the forecast for ethanol exports, though, they're expected to increase about $300 million to $3.6 billion. And uh, putting all those numbers together, that'll leave us with about a $30 billion deficit in our balance of trade for this fiscal year as our agricultural imports are expected to jump to $200 billion this year. That's up $500 million from earlier forecasts. And it's getting time for farmers in the area and the state that want to put their land together in an agricultural enterprise area to guarantee it stays in agricultural production to get the ball rolling on that effort. AEAs are away in Wisconsin to support farmland and uh, that farmland protection, obviously, keep it, in, keep it in production. Also, conservation, and obviously it helps the local farm economy. Now, to become an AEA, at least five landowners of contiguous land and their local governments have to file a petition to the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection to agree to a voluntary participation in farmland preservation programs by signing a 10-year contract. Remember, they used to be 15, but uh, Governor Evers lowered it down to 10-year contracts. The deadline to apply for that is August 2nd. Now, that's uh, about eight months away, but it takes time to prepare those documents. you got to find five landowners who want to do it. you got to get together with your local government. It uh, really is a project, no question about it. There are currently 17 AEAs in this part of Wisconsin, nearly 50 in place as of now, or are coming in line across the state in 2024. And uh, I just uh, looked uh, quickly here. Where do we have some of these? Apple Lake, 
AEA, Polk, St. Croix County, Antigo Flats, Langley, Marathon County, the Bloomer area in Chippewa County, the Kanad area, also obviously in Chippewa County, and uh, newly designated as of 1-1-2024 as we start the new year. Farming for the Future down in Trempolo County, Friends in Agriculture, Clark County, the Golden Triangle in Eau Claire, Halfway Creek Prairie in La Crosse, Heart of America's Dairyland, Clark and Marathon County, Headwaters of Southeast Monroe in Monroe County. Also newly designated, the Montana Society for Responsible Land Use in Buffalo County, Northwest Pierce County, obviously that's in Pierce County, Rush River over in St. Croix County, South Fork AEA, that's in Clark County, Stanton Farmland in St. Croix County, the town of Grand, Dunn, Chippewa County, is the town of Troy in St. Croix County. So those are already or going to be soon in existence. AEAs, Agricultural Enterprise Areas here in Wisconsin. So if uh, you're interested in that, talk to some of the folks that are in those AEAs and what, yeah, don't, uh, you don't have to recreate the wheel. Talk to some of those folks and find out how they put their AEAs together and what kind of uh, hurdles they had to get over. And maybe there'll be a few hurdles that uh, they can uh, put you in touch with that you don't have to jump so many hurdles. But again, you got until August 2nd, but August 2nd gets here in a hurry. You know, all of a sudden it gets to be spring. We start uh, turning the ground, planting seeds, growing seeds, spraying, making hay. And, oh, it's August already. Yeah. So again, if you think about an AEA, now is the time here in Wisconsin. And uh, I like this story. I like this story. The Italian government has just done something many American farmers and ranchers probably wish our government would do. Italy has banned that fake meat, that artificial meat, whatever you want to call it, grown in laboratories from stem cells under a law enacted last month. Cultivated meat, fake meat, laboratory manufactured meat cannot be produced or sold in Italy. Their agricultural ministry said that Italy was proud to be the first country to impose such a ban, which, if any, will be the second, is unclear. And, of course, uh, we look at others. Singapore is the only country where people are, uh, they say, are currently eating cell-based meat. I haven't been in our stores. I haven't heard much about this lately, but uh, is it still in our stores? I don't know. The USD and FDA have approved two kinds of cell-based chicken. So uh, that's happening in our country. And uh, for regulators in most countries, including here, the paramount issue is food safety. And were they to nix a proposed cultivated meat product, it would be because they found it less safe than meat from the old-fashioned way, coming coming the way we've always gotten meat. Italy's ban grows out of somewhat different concerns, concerns that may be of interest to our farmers and ranchers. Italy is unashamed to try to protect its food traditions and its farmers. So congratulations to Italy. Their government banned that lab-grown meat. I wonder how... Debbie Stabenow, who voted, uh, wouldn't let that bill on whole milk and 2% milk in the school lunch programs. I wonder how she'd vote on this. (laughs) We can only speculate. Hey, coming up, New Year's Eve, you got all your spirits? Well, we'll find out about a local distillery that we'll have some for you as we continue. Yeah, we'll talk to Jill, actually talk to Scott Perlick from up there in Barron County about what they're doing with their distillery. He left a couple samples here. They weren't bad. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
agriculture. It looks different through anybody's eyes. But we're going to learn about agriculture in Wisconsin and specialty products. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. And some specialty products happen as kind of a value added to agriculture. And I brought in Scott Perlick. He's part of Perlick Distillery up in Serona. I want to get some of the history and a little bit of the why you guys went to the distillery. So first of all, let's do the history of the farm and how you came to be producing some vodka. We uh, started this up on uh, my family's farm. Um, I grew up on the farm there. Um, we farm a little over 2,000 acres right now. My dad actually runs the farm, and uh, he actually took the, he grew up on the farm as well. Took the farm over from uh, when my grandpa passed away in the 90s. Um, the farm had maybe 30 cows, dairy, dairy cows, uh, you know, maybe 30, 40 acres of land. Um, just a, you know, Wisconsin dairy farm. And uh, he took it over um, and decided to start expanding it. Um, he sold off the cows. And he's an agronomist by trade, so he had his own agronomy business and, uh, and started doing the farming. And uh, so we moved up there in the mid-90s. Uh, so we grow corn, wheat, soybeans, rye, sunflowers, barley, and a whole bunch of different specialty crops too. But over the years, um, you know, we've always, always looking for ways to add value um, to our grain. And uh, we tell customers this as they come into the distillery we have no idea what the price of commodities is going to be, right? If you take a soybean from Wisconsin or a soybean from Brazil, there's no difference, right? Um, and so how do you add some sort of intrinsic value to that product? And uh, the best way to do that is sell directly to the customer. Um, so we've done that in the farm, or my dad's done that in the farm quite a bit. Uh, we do uh, you know, deer corn and sunflowers. We grow a ton of sunflower seeds that we bag in 50-pound bags and sell as birdseed. And those get distributed to retailers um, throughout northern Wisconsin. We do a sunflower maze on the farm every year, so that's been kind of neat. Um, but uh, we're always looking for ways to add value to this grain. So um, that's what we did with this distillery. Um, it ultimately was my dad's idea years and years ago. The story he likes to tell is he had uh, some folks from Japan that were actually over the, interested in, in rye. And uh, so they're really specific about it, and they, they wanted to uh, look at his rye and his rye field. And he's thinking, geez, if people are coming all the way here from Japan to look at my rye, why not do something different with it, right? Make something out of it. And uh, so he had this idea of either doing a brewery or a winery or a distillery or something we can integrate the crops with. The brewery market was a little saturated, still is a little saturated, so that probably was all the question. The wine... You know, we grow grain. We're not the greatest at growing grapes. So it kind of left, you know, distilling um, and what we could do with that. So we kind of batted around the idea of doing the distillery for years. Um, I had graduated high school, gone off, ended up going to the military, um, ended up doing uh, undergrad right at UW-Stout there, and uh, then ended up going to, the, to law school over in St. Paul. And it was about my last year of law school. I was thinking, geez, you know, I could, I could try being an attorney or we could give this a try. Either way, if it falls through, I'm basically in the same place. So we actually did a lot of research. Um, this was back in 2015, no, 2014 we actually opened. We actually renovated an old barn right, right on the farm, um, 100-year-old barn. It used to be the old, old dairy barn, but it was very, very small. Renovated the upstairs of the tasting room, downstairs of the distillery, and uh, really had no idea what we or I was doing, right? We were in Washburn County. In order to really get this started, mm -hmm. you had to do some research. Oh, yeah. Where did you get your information from? Everywhere, <laughs> anywhere we could. We visit a lot of distilleries. Um, one thing we found with distilleries, though, and breweries, too, is 
they're almost exclusively in the middle of cities or industrial parks or warehouses. And um, it always struck me as odd because if you go to a winery, right, and say you go out to Napa Valley in California and you go to a winery and it's in an industrial park, you'd probably be going, what the heck, right? <laughs> um, and that's what we were seeing a lot with these breweries and distilleries. And it was, I mean, they were making really good products. I'd have no problem drinking it, but their setting was so removed from the grains and everything that was going into it. Um, so one thing with that, going back to what you asked, you know, the research, is it was great to see these places, but they were so different from what we were trying to do. I'll give you an example. We have a mound system. You know how many mound systems, distilleries have mound systems in uh, Wisconsin? Probably not a lot. <laughs> One. <laughs> Us. We were the first mound system for a distillery because nobody nobody's done it. Um, you know, most of the time they're on in, um, you know, municipal water, wastewater supplies and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of stuff with just being on the farm and being so rural with this that uh, we had to do a lot differently. So, Well, and along with being rural sounds to me like kind of turned into an event barn or a little bit of ag tourism that goes in with us there's a little bit there um you know we try to try to stay as true as we can to we're making vodka primarily um you know we do make a whiskey as well and we'll talk about that i'm sure later but you know primarily we make our american yeoman vodka and so we really want to stick to we are making and selling vodka uh, we do our tasting room. Uh, we distribute it throughout Wisconsin, so we have it in probably three, four hundred different retail outlets um, all throughout the state. You know, as far as events and stuff goes, we really wanted to shy away from doing like an event center and that type of stuff because, again, that's getting further away from what we want to do, and that's taking grain that we're growing and add, add value to it by making it into distilled spirits. What are some of those products that you have made out of the grain you grow? Sure. So what we use for our vodka, and you can make vodka of anything. As long as you have alcohol, you can produce vodka. Um, We wanted to take only the grain that's grown on our farm that would make this. So that means we had to find, you know, we we had to either use um, corn, wheat. Um, We couldn't really use soybeans for it. You can't use sunflowers for it. And uh, we could use rye, right? And actually, when we started this out, I tried doing rye, and I did a rye vodka. And I had the bottles made up and everything. There were some printing issues with the bottles, though. And so I just kind of went off on our wheat. And honestly, we've been chasing our tails ever since, trying to keep up with just the wheat vodka. And so I really haven't changed up anything as far as that, just because we want to produce enough of this, our yeoman vodka. Um, but uh, so we use wheat. We use a hard red spring wheat for that, which is a little unusual for northern Wisconsin. Um, it's tough to grow, and this is where I have to give my dad a lot of credit. He's been able to figure out how to grow this stuff and grow really good, good um, hard red spring wheat for this. And uh, sometimes too good because it has too high of a protein content and we want a little less for our vodka because we want starches that get broken down into sugars, which ultimately become the the, um, the alcohol. But uh, we use that. We grow our own barley as well. And we actually have that barley malted. And that malting pot process basically sprouts the barley just a little bit and uh, produces these enzymes which break, which break down starches into simple sugars. And we need to do that through our, for our process. Um, you know, breweries kind of use it for the same thing too. And... Uh, so we grow grow barley. We bring that over to um, uh, Malt Works over in uh, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's a smaller malt company that, that will malt that product for us, or our barley. Then we bring that back, and we use that in the process. So those are the two main ingredients that we use in this, is our hard spring wheats and the malted barley. So our Yeoman vodka um, is primarily what we make. So it's just our straight, regular vodka. And uh, personally, I'm kind of a purist. So if I want uh, if I want to make a cocktail, right, I just want a good quality product, and I'll do what I want with it after that, right? Whether it's mixing or whatever I'm putting in it. But in the tasting room, we do all different types of cocktails. So we've got uh, every three months we actually change cocktails and do a seasonal menu. We come up with some really unique drinks. Um, 
one of the things that we've come up with over the years is um, a maple syrup flavored vodka. And we originally started doing that because we wanted to make a a cocktail using maple syrup. The maple syrup doesn't um, blend in with cocktails very much just because it doesn't dissolve very well. But if we put that in the alcohol and the vodka prior to mixing in cocktails, it dissolves really well. So we can do a maple syrup flavored vodka. And uh, we've expanded our production over the years. It seems like every year or so we're building something new and expanding production quite a bit. We were able to finally produce enough vodka and find a good enough maple provider um, that we could actually start making and bottling our maple syrup flavored vodka. Now, it sounds kind of weird, um, you know, maple syrup, maybe gimmicky, right? And it is not. It's maple syrup, real maple syrup. We uh, work with Compass Farms over by um, over by Phillips, Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Well, and you were talking about getting it out and about in the state. How does that process work? Yeah, so we work with Bills Distributing, actually out of Menominee, Wisconsin. And uh, so the way state laws work, and it's fine, fine for us now, you know, because we, we um, are big enough, we need a distributor. We sell to the wholesaler, so Bills in this matter, and then they sell it out to the different retailers or whoever has a liquor license can buy it from Bills. And again, that's Scott Perlick up there at the uh, distillery in Sorona, and I've been there a couple times. He talked about uh, some of the menu of the new drinks, and they got a menu up there. I'll tell you what, uh, <laughs> you'd have to be carried out of there before you could drink all their uh, drinks that they've created up there, all their cocktails, but again... They do good work. Beautiful place. A beautiful place to have an event. I was there for a couple of different events, and uh, I went home smiling. A nice place, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, the Perlicks up there in Sorona, with, uh, and they're out in the country. They're not on Main Street, so you got you got to Google them to find them, but uh, it's worth the trip. All right, 5.30 in the morning. Markets, we're getting close to the end of the week. We're going to check with the Rocky next over at Premier Livestock. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's find out what kind of holiday plans Rocky has for New Year's over at uh, the sale barn. Premier Livestock and with it. Good morning, Rocky. How you doing? I'm doing good. Well, this is outside of your cold, huh? Yeah, I just, this is one of them years I start getting over it. I get it back again, but hey. I'm, at least I'm not alone this year. Well, it's New Year's, so you can have an extra hot apple cider vinegar with your hot apple cider with brandy. So you, you can have an extra one, and nobody's going to mind. All right. All, all right. right. But uh, that's that's not for a couple of days. Right now, we've got to take a look at the markets, how they've been doing this week. Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This uh, Yesterday, we had our dairy cattle auction. Uh, we had a regular weekly dairy sale with a combination of our special monthly heifer sale. Uh, we sold 425 head of dairy cattle. Uh, market was steady to a little lower. Uh, top fresh cows brought 2,000 to 2,750. Uh, we had many loads of dairy cows averaging from 19 to 22 and a half. Uh, many other cows, uh, 17 to 1975. Top spring and heifers, 1775 to 2250. Uh, those lesser quality and blemish cows and spring and heifers, 1675 and down. Like I said, special monthly heifer auction. Uh, most of the open heifers brought a dollar thirty-five to a dollar seventy-five per pound. Uh, we did have some lightweight heifers up to two dollars per pound. Uh, those shortbred heifers, mostly thirteen all the way up to eighteen fifty. <coughs> Next week, Tuesday. Uh, we have our special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction. Uh, note, we're having an earlier start time with being closed Monday. Uh, we'll have a super big day next Tuesday. Uh, like I said, we'll start the sale off, like I said, 10 o'clock a.m. 
Wednesday dairy cattle auction. Uh, will be a nice run of parlor freestall cows. Uh, like I said, it stopped no auction on Monday, but we are open at 2 p.m. to start receiving your cattle for Tuesday. Keep in mind all the feeder cattle coming in, bred beef cows. Uh, we feed and water them all. We do not charge for feed overnight. Uh, questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. Uh, check all the websites for more detailed market reports, upcoming sales schedules at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, also, like I said, a uh, reminder today, uh, that's our special holiday sheep and goat auction. Uh, you do have to have your your uh goats and sheep in at 9 o'clock a.m. We start at 10 o'clock a.m., uh, so make sure you're on time this morning, and uh, that's the way things are shaping up, Bob. So. All right, good enough. And I know you don't usually call in on Friday, but uh, want to call in tomorrow and give us an update on that sheep and goat auction? I'll put it on the website. I'll put it on the website. <laughs> Sleepy. <laughs> hey, I got one morning. I got to sleep in a little well, later. Well, I so. don't blame you. All right. Well, get over that cold and have a, <laughs> have a happy new year. YouTube Bible. We'll talk to you next year. There so. we go. There goes Rocky over there, Premier Livestock and Withy. Didn't notice what a gentleman he was? I'll put it on the website. He didn't say no. He just said, I'll put it on the website. All right. Well, what do we got for New Year's? Let's find out weather-wise as we go over to 13 First Alert Weather. Mike Dandrea is with us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Well, if you're traveling south today, be aware. I don't say be prepared, but be aware, huh? Yeah, especially if you're heading down towards, like, the Madison area, uh, as we've had those snow showers working in from the east. Sounds a little silly to say that, but this is just because we've had that same low in place that is bringing all of those showers, rain and snow, and a little bit of both, uh, towards eastern Wisconsin. But uh, leading up to that for us, we'll have a few chances at some snow showers, again, further towards the south. The rest of us, cloud cover going to dominate with highs in the upper 30s and some places in the low 40s as cloud cover hangs around through the first half of tonight. Dipping to the mid-20s, though, as we clear out by daybreak tomorrow, giving way to plenty of sun and highs in the low 40s. And then tomorrow night, back to the mid-20s, mostly clear. Saturday, we start to cool things off, though, as a cold front works in, mostly in the mid-30s, and then Sunday, a little bit cooler yet. A very slim chance at some snow showers later Saturday night into Sunday morning, and we'll have some cloud cover hanging around right around 30 degrees for Sunday and for Monday as well. Tuesday brings us a little bit of a warm-up back to the mid-30s with some sunshine and staying in the low to mid-30s for Wednesday as well. Right at 30 degrees right now in Eau Claire. And, Bob, I know that we had mentioned about a wind chill when the last time I brought that up is. We'll just say this one. It's 23 degrees for the wind chill. All right. Well, <laughs> all fond memories, huh? Yes, I would have to say so. But it does look like out and about on New Year's Eve, it uh, shouldn't be one of those shoulder-hunched-up evenings. Right, yeah. Sunday night, lows right around the upper teens, low 20s. And, I mean, we've seen way worse in Wisconsin. <laughs> Boy, have we ever. That is for sure. All right, sir, have a good day. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right, you too, Bob. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You bet. There he goes. Mike Dandry over 13 first alert weather as we're about 24 minutes before 6 o'clock at Wax. And, uh, well, there hasn't been bad around here, but you know it's going to be nice in Arizona. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Still lots of chores to do here down on the farm at Wax. 
let's get some of those chores done now with the help of Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We start with former Democratic U.S. Senator Herb Cole being remembered as he died at the age of 88. Cole, who represented Wisconsin from 1989 to 2013, died Wednesday afternoon after a brief illness. Of course, Cole founded Cole's department store chain alongside his brother and father, as well as formerly owning the MBA's Milwaukee Bucks. The Herb Cole Foundation has given more than $34 million in grants and scholarships to Wisconsin students, schools, and educators since being founded in 1990. As we look to other headlines that stretch the state, the University of Wisconsin has fired the chancellor at UW-La Crosse because of pornography videos. UW Regents yesterday terminated Chancellor Joe Gao's contract. He had been the longest-serving chancellor at any UW school. He and his wife had filmed and distributed dozens of videos on several websites under the name Sexy Happy Couple, though he says he never used any university time, money, equipment, or office space to make those. On the other side, UW President Jay Rothman says Gao was fired because his actions were abhorrent. Now, Gao had already announced he had plans to step down as chancellor, but was supposed to transition back to being a professor at UW-La Crosse. That's still full of question marks. In Janesville, we're waiting for more information about a suspect from a bomb scare there at the farm and fleet, but police say they did immediately arrest a suspect Tuesday after getting reports about a suspicious backpack at the store. Janesville police eventually emptied the store, secured the parking lot, and commanders say they sent the case to the DA for possible formal charges. We're back behind the wheel. The road test waiver that was available to high school drivers' education students will be going away as we flip the calendar page to January 1st. The waiver allowed 16- and 17-year-olds seeking a driver's license to waive a road test after completing driver's education and 50 hours of supervised time behind the wheel. Starting in 2024, all drivers will have to schedule and pass their road tests before getting their license, regardless of experience on the road. You can find more information online, 715newsroom.com. Still have a few days left to uh, enjoy 2023 here, but if you do have plans, come that January 1st mark. A survey from Stop and Shop finds 58% of customers across the Northeast region plan to eat healthier in 2024. Healthy Living Director Allison Delaney says people can stay on track by meal planning and writing a list before they hit the grocery store. Unfortunately, most New Year's resolutions only last until actually February or March at best, most likely because a lot of folks are setting resolutions that were maybe unrealistic. For other resolutions like increasing physical activity, Delaney says people can start small and skip their resolution out from there. I'm Natalie Migliori, NBC News Radio, New York. And we keep our resolution to get the chores done as we head back to the barn with Bob Bolsold and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. I think I'll go around the building and find out how many people around here make New Year's resolutions. I don't. I, you know, I say I'd like to do whatever, but I don't say I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that in the new year because, like they said, it's hard to keep those resolutions, but if anybody could, it would be Morgan. 19 minutes before 6 o'clock at Wax, more news, more markets. Hey, we're not done. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. Before we get to more markets, uh, let's get to more news. The board of directors of three farm credit associations serving farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses across eight states, including Wisconsin, approved a collaboration agreement this week they say is aimed at better serving their respective customers. Ag Country Farm Credit Services, they're in our area, also Frontier Farm Credit and Farm Credit Services of America signed a collaboration contract to become effective no earlier than April 1st of the new year. 
The directors have agreed to share key functions such as leadership, strategic planning, and technology while retaining local independent boards, offices, services, cash patronage programs, and more. Now, together, those three farm credit associations serve more than 85,000 producers across Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. At uh, 2022 year-end, Ag Country reported loan volume $11.6 billion, Frontier $2.6 billion, and FCS America $38.3 billion. Now, where are they located? Ag Country, which, again, that's uh, Ag Country facilities in central Wisconsin and north-central Wisconsin, headquartered in Fargo, North Dakota, 25,000 farmers and ranchers and agribusinesses in their portfolio in portions of Minnesota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin, as we said. Frontier Farm Credit serves 6,700 producers in eastern Kansas, where it has its headquarters in Manhattan, Kansas. FCS America, again, their loan portfolio, big one, $38.3 billion. And again, they're in Omaha, Nebraska. They serve 55,000 producers in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Wyoming. Combined, the collaborating associations have nearly $60 billion, that's with a B, $60 billion in assets. Ag Country, $13 billion of that. Frontier Farm Credit, $2.8 billion, and FCS America, again, out in Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, and Wyoming. Their portfolio, $43.3 billion. So that'll happen. They're not going to lose local control, but uh, that affiliation agreement begins no earlier than April 1st of 2024. And uh, Bear got some good news. They won a trial. In a lawsuit brought by a California man who said he developed cancer from using a Roundup, ending what had been a five-trial losing streak for Bayer. The verdict was handed down this past Friday, and the lawyers for the plaintiff did not immediately respond to requests for comment, whether they'll appeal or not. But uh, around 165,000 claims have been made against Bayer Ag for personal injuries allegedly caused by Roundup, which Bayer acquired as part of their $63 billion purchase of Monsanto back in 2018. Now, before their recent string of losses, which produced verdicts against the company, totaling more than $2 billion, Bayer had won nine consecutive trials, meaning it is now one-ten of the last 15 trials, but further cases are expected to be uh, tried in this coming year. More than 50,000 claims are still pending. In 2020, Bayer settled most of the then-pending Roundup cases for up to $9.6 billion, but failed to get a settlement covering future cases. So again, how'd you like to be there, attorney? Boy, you talk about about a full employment ag, uh, program. This is it, full employment. If you're a lawyer representing Bayer Ag in the Monsanto situation, yeah, it's uh, it's really something. Boy, oh boy. This keeps going on and on and on. All right, what are we? 14 minutes before 6 o'clock, and we'll get to some markets here in a moment. But, again, I always like to look at this. This is always fun. Plenty of eggs available for your New Year's omelet. Latest numbers from the USDA show egg production across the country last month in November hit $9.3 billion. It's hard to imagine 9 billion eggs 
That's up 4% from a year ago. The laying flock reached $389 million for the month. Here in Wisconsin, our egg production in November was up 39% from last year, reaching 200 million eggs. We had almost 8 million laying hens, a jump of 40% from last November. Remember, some of that avian influenza was going through, and uh, we lost some birds. That's the bottom line. Iowa continues to be the leader in egg production. Their hens laid over 1.1 billion eggs last month. Indiana second with 890 million. In case you're wondering, Wisconsin ranks 14th in egg production. All right, let's get to the market. See what happened at some of the sale barns yesterday. Let's go to the equity barn at Barron first. Here's Brittany to tell us. It was a late run today, but the cow market held strong. Cold cows, the top 20%, sold from 90 to a dollar, topping at 106. 60% sold from 64 to 89, and the bottom 20% sold 63 and down. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm to look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Barron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And before we head down to Sparta, just a reminder, if you look around and your Holstein farm, we're in the world of the kids. Probably at the Wisconsin Junior Holstein Convention over in Fond du Lac. That begins today, runs through New Year's Eve, December 29th to the 31st. Over in Fond du Lac. And the adult convention, in case you're wondering, will be in New Glarus, Brown Swiss Country, February 23rd and 24th. Also a reminder to attend the 44th Annual Wisconsin FFA Alumni and Supporters Convention. That'll be held February 2nd and 3rd over in Green Bay. But you've got to get your registration in by December 31st, New Year's Eve, go to the FFA alumni website and uh, find out all that information. Let's get on to the Sparta sale bar and find out from uh, Hutt what happened yesterday. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 170 to 177, topping at 178. The Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 159 to 169. The Beef and Dairy Cross Steers 150 to 165. Highland Choice Holstein Steers 147 to 155. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 136 to 146 with unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 85 to 132. Cow market steady quality beef slaughter cows up to a dollar. Highland slaughter dairy cows 75 to 90. Cutters and utilities, 39 to 74 with a low yield in canter cows, 38 cents and down. Bull market steady, most bulls bringing 90 to 105 with a thin full of bulls over 2,200 pounds discounted at 89 cents and down. Calves sold by the pound today. Steady market on the quality Holstein bull calves bringing 250 to $4. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 50 cents to $2. Beef calves steady to under pressure with a quality beef bulls bringing $4 to $5.50. Same with the heifers. Bringing four to five fifty with the light import quality calves, ten cents to a dollar per pound. Just a reminder: there will be no sale on Monday, January first. So our next sale will be Wednesday, January third, starting at ten a.m. with fed cattle, full by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut aimed at Equity Lives like in Sparta with this marketing update. We'd like to wish you all a safe and happy New Year, and we thank you for your business. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Jerry Fitzgerald is going to join us now from over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And something's fallen out of the sky this morning over your way, huh? 
Yeah, Bob. Good morning to you. Yeah, I went out before I had to, well, our garbage and recycling is a day late because of the uh, holidays, so I took that out this morning, and uh, yeah, a little something coming down. It's not, uh, well, it's right about 31, so, but it's not a big deal, but it, it's, right now I think it's kind of falling as rain, I guess. I don't know, light rain, so yeah, but if hopefully going, it doesn't freeze. If you're going south, it might get a little white, so uh, be aware of that, but uh, I'm staying around here. I think you are, too, because uh, you got work to do. Tell us what happened yesterday over at the Stratford Barn. I will do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford, and a, a, a real light run of feeder cattle yesterday, so we'll uh, update on those next week. There'll be a bigger run of feeders next Wednesday, of course, but on the cow market yesterday, a good run of cows yesterday. Uh, Ielding, fleshy, Holstein, and beef cows are on yesterday's auction. We're selling from 83 to 97 and a half. Most of the cows that we sold yesterday were, were selling from 68 to uh, 82 thinner cows, like carcass cows, 65 and below. On the bull trade, your better quality bulls are selling between 92 and 107. Lighter weight bulls, 88 and below. On the uh, fed cattle trade, uh, choice grading Holstein steers, uh, those are selling from uh, 138 to 152. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, 130 and below. On the calf market now, good quality replacement bull calves weighing 9,230 pounds, mostly from 150 to 350. Uh, weekly top so far on the bull calves is 390. Tougher calves, pretty limited demand this week, $80 and below. Your beef calves continue to be in good demand. They're selling from 300 to 550 and we did top at uh, 610 also earlier in the week. But we are at Thursday. Our auction does start this morning at 11 o'clock. Full marketing day, uh, all market cattle, of course, today, cows, fed cattle, bulls. We'll get those baby calves uh, about 12, 12.30 this afternoon. And just a reminder, uh, sale schedule next week. We will be closed on Monday. January 1st, no sale. However, we'll clarify that. The uh, yards will open at 4 o'clock. Uh, we'll be open from 4 to 8 Monday afternoon for you folks to uh, drop off your cattle for a fairly anticipated large sale for next Tuesday. So, again, if you got any questions on that, uh, give us a call, 687-4101. Also, we'll have our next dairy cattle sale next Tuesday. And I mentioned a bigger run of feeder cattle next Tuesday, which will include a uh, bread beef cow sale uh, we do have a complete beef herd dispersal there, along with the cows. Also, will be the uh, feeder cattle coming along with that. So most of those will be Charlie's. But again, more information on that also on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you will be there. And uh, for uh, for uh, us folks that uh, perhaps don't have a whole lot to do today, another big lineup of uh, college bowl games. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch that one? They were playing in the rain yesterday. That yeah, I was looking. Yeah. I, I watched some of that. That Virginia Tech quarterback. Man, I tell you, could the Packers get their hands on him? <laughs> <laughs> there are some of those guys that play a little harder than some of our Green Bay Packers, but, yeah, there's a lot of football to watch, that's for sure. And the Badgers play on uh, on Monday, on New Year's Day, so uh, that's, uh, that's something to look forward to. Hey, we'll talk to you in the morning. Have a good one. You too, Bob. Enjoy today, and I thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And our markets are being brought to you by Synergy Co-op. And over there in the Ridgeland country, so uh, we appreciate that. On the board of trade yesterday, day trade corn finished three cents lower, beans up a penny quiet this mid holiday trading midweek. March corn overnight down one to two cents, sitting at four seventy four. The oats up to a three seventy five wheat last check up a fraction six twenty three. Soybeans one to two lower thirteen eighteen and March meal down sixty cents a ton, three hundred ninety three dollars and twenty cents. At the country elevators today at the elevator. In loyal corn four dollars, beans twelve twenty eight, Arcadia corn four four ten, beans at twelve thirty eight at Chippewa Falls and Connorsville, three ninety nine on the corn, soybeans at twelve forty five. 
On the DTN screen at Golden Plump, corn is 425 today. At uh, Baldwin and Elmwood, the elevator's there. You get corn at 405, beans at 1230. Duran, $4 corn, 1220 on the soybeans. Mondovi also has $4 corn, beans at 1225. Fall Creek, the corn's down to 395, the beans at 1220. And in Osseo, it's 410 on the corn, 1230 on the beans. Elk Mound, 405 and 1240. Sparta, 409 on the corn, 1230 on the beans. And in Ellsworth, corn's 390, beans 1225 at the ethanol plants. Boyceville, 421. Stanley, 420. A bushel. New Richmond Grain Facility, 415. Barrel cheese up 4.5 yesterday, 147. Blocks up 2.5, 141.5. The butter up 8. Double A butter, 268 and a quarter. Class 3, December up 2, 1612. January up 15 at 1569. February up 16 at 1589. March up 11, 1647. April up 3 at 1725. And that's the way we look this morning. As far as our uh, farm markets are concerned, again, brought to you by Synergy Co-op. Again, if you're going south down uh, south of La Crosse, that way uh, the Dells could see some snow. And uh, I don't think it's going to be anything to slow you down or stop. might slow you down, but it shouldn't be a, a blizzard condition by any means. Not much around here. Enjoy the day. 38 to high today. It's 29 right now. Getting closer to the New Year's party. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.